Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I have a treat for you today. Justin Klein's with me. We're both live right now. It's been a while since yeah. we did a show together. So he's sitting right next to me. We're sitting right next to each other. So when we uh, disagree on something, we can disagree face to face. Yeah, which we do occasionally. 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 Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us today on Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, December 11th. And time seems to be moving pretty fast and faster all the time. We uh, don't have too many trading days left in 2018. And, of course, Christmas is just right around the holiday, right around the corner. And then the new year, right behind that. So We have, what, 10 trading days left in the year? 11? I think so. Not very many. Yeah. Uh, we don't see our uh, Christmas rally anywhere in sight. I don't see it. Uh, I guess that's toast. Uh, but, you know what? Not, not too unexpected, really. It really isn't. Anyways, you only have a few days for shopping, so you better get that done if you're going to get it done. Whether you do it online or in person, you got to do it. Did your did your online does your, the online phenomena that change your Christmas shopping habits? Did it change yours? I'm sure. Oh yeah, but, uh, but what about the older people? I, I think it's changed everybody to some degree uh, that uses the internet. You know, there's going to be those some people. And we have, we have clients that don't even use emails. Yeah, right? I know. Right? I know. So there are some older clients that, that don't. Um, but yeah, ninety percent of people, ninety five percent of people, it's it's definitely changed. I know me. I do a lot during Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah. You know, I just get online, do my Christmas shopping, get that sent, and you know, I'll do some yeah. wrapping see, soon. See, I don't do any of that. None yeah. of that. Anyways, our daily objective is to make you an above-average investor, as you know. We've mentioned it almost every time. And to help you achieve that, and we promise to give you unbiased insight and unbiased opinions on what's going on out there. And hopefully, you'll supply us with some questions so we can answer. So, you can get through to InvestTalk anytime you want. Our anytime listener line number is 888-99-CHART. You can dial it right now if you like. Now, yesterday, there was about a 500-point swing, swing swing in the down. It seems like, Justin, that's gone on for, what, how many days in a row? And uh, like, yeah. Not unusual anymore. Yeah, well, we're, I think what we're having right now is price discovery in the market. You know, we've had so so many years of, of very low, low, uh, next to 0% interest rates, and uh, it, it just kept the market kind of going up. Uh, and now that... The, the longer term, you know, I guess I guess a medium trend uh, term trend is broken. Uh, the market's trying to find uh, an equilibrium price between, uh, you know, tighter liquidity uh, situation with central banks tightening monetary policy, and then uh, the economy is still doing relatively well. Yeah, but you've seen in the market itself. I'll, I'll agree with you all that, Justin. But you see the market itself, the, the leadership has definitely changed. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. NASDAQ, the tech stocks, they, they've not been doing nearly as well. And uh, you, I don't know how many times you listen to the shows that I do, but I've been talking for a while that tech is just not the place to be yeah, around. Yeah. I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's a place that's one thing that Justin and I agree on. Tech is not where to go. Grow stocks are not where you want to be. People don't want to hear that though, because uh, tech is don't. exciting. It's an interesting name, and they all yeah. want to still get into the you know the Fang stocks. Is it cheap enough to get into the Fang stocks? Should I buy it now? Yeah. 
Uh, well, somebody asked yesterday if I sh- they, it's time to cut back on Apple. Well, a little late for that. Yeah, a little late for that. <laughs> you, anyway. Anyways, did you see that Google, ref- you know, Google has refused to work with the U.S. military. They refuse to do that because they don't want to have anything to do with the U.S. military. But at the same time, they have that, they're developing some search and track methods for the Chinese, which is all going to be used for the Chinese government to oversee their citizens and what they're looking at, what they're doing. So they're helping their Chinese with surveillance, but they certainly want to, don't want to do it with the U.S. Well, they left China in 2010 because of how uh-huh. China, you know, controls the internet. And yeah. They have abusive tactics, et cetera. And now they're going to help them. It's kind of yeah. Weird. It seems kind of weird to yeah. me. Anyway, and you do remember that Google does own YouTube, and the two main search engines that anybody uses for anything is Google search and YouTube search. Yeah. I mean. And that's why I've said uh, of all the Fang stocks that yeah. are that that I like longer term, Google is one of my favorites. Mine too. I, I do think everyone's moving to YouTube, and uh, a lot of the the, the, the factors or the, the the places that people continue to go uh, from traditional media is uh, owned by Google, and I think everyone's just going to use Google to search. Yeah, the only fear I have about Google is that they're so big that the government could break them up. That's true, or or limit their power. Yeah, right? limit their ability so, to make more money. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And limit their power by maybe well, you got to sell off YouTube, or you got to. You know, they've done that before. You, AT&T, my day, you know, controlled all phones. Yeah. Every phone, 100%. Well, it was a legalized monopoly. Yeah. Well, also, and then it's they a, broke them up. The reason why Facebook and Google are so uh, valuable and powerful is their, their ability to track your, your user data uh, and sell it to advertisers, right? Yeah. And so if the government limits the uh, amount of data that they can collect or the type of data they can collect, that could uh, change their business model that's right. dramatically. So that's yeah. probably the biggest uh, biggest dear, risk, fear, yeah. danger to their exactly. to their model. Yeah. Now, in a few minutes or so, we're going to look at invest an inv- a particular investor trend that has worked for most of the past decade, but that has fueled a lot of stocks. But is that trend breaking down now? We're going to take a look at that. But first, let's make a time. Let's make up. Let's make some time for a question. Or anytime this online is always open. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. Dave from St. Louis. I'm 39, uh, retired Air Force, and I currently have a traditional TSP that contains a life cycle fund. I also have an account with an IRA with Fidelity. And my question is, should I leave the TSP alone or roll it over into a traditional IRA or to a Roth and uh, pay my taxes? Just kind of wondering what I need to do with it or if I just need to kind of leave it alone and let it go. I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Generally, uh, when you leave a former employer and take either a 401k or TSP or whatever type of retirement account you have, generally we recommend rolling it over into an IRA simply because it gives you a lot more freedom. Yeah, you're talking about the life cycle fund that you're you're in and you're limited to a small set uh, of uh, funds and you know, while you're working, uh, you just got to deal with it. You know, that's why we have active 401k for those that have current 401k plans. Uh, but if you leave that job, rolling your 401k opens you up to buy individual stocks, uh, all the mutual funds that are available out there in the marketplace. ETFs. You can buy bonds, ETFs. So yeah. you have a lot more uh, flexibility. Now, should he 
roll it into a Roth. Now that depends on your tax bracket. If you're in a low tax bracket, then you might want to roll some of it uh, into a Roth or, or all of it. Uh, so that's more of a question for a CPA uh, to answer and create a, a tax plan for how much of that should go into a Roth, if any. Yeah, that's, you really, probably we need to talk to you about that. Find out more what your personal situation is. Yeah. And then advise you on that. So, yeah. so if you want to have a more direct conversation with us and maybe uh, your, your own situation, uh, give us a call or, or uh, shoot us an email from uh, investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-42 is our number. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we have a lot of things we're going to discuss, but how about uh, is the stock market overreacting to what to, to economic fears? Is the fear of the economy, which we have talked about, I'm sure Justin has too, about the next coming recession, because they're always coming, it's just a matter of when. Yep. And the question is, is the market overreacting to that? Yeah, and like I've been talking about, is the market is slow, or the economy is slowing down, right? You're coming from early in the year, you had three, four percent GDP growth. Now I think the Atlanta Fed's GDP figure for the fourth quarter is at two point four percent. So we, you're having a slowing economy, and that's why uh, the market's slowing. And of course, we'll be talking some other talking points by the end of the hour. Hopefully, you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley here with Justin Klein. And we're heading into a really quick one-minute break. On the other side, I will talk about apparently changing by the dip trend and what this might mean for the market going forward. And, of course, I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk, and Christmas is just two weeks from today. So, as we continue through the final trading days of 2018, this might be a good time to ask yourself an important question Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, you can get answers and learn more at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So, the pattern that's been pretty pretty much an enduring pattern for since 2009 is buy the dips in the market. Anytime you get a 10% correction, you buy it. Because that has always been the way to go because there was a rally immediately after. And now, Justin, it seems like that trend is starting to falter, starting to break down. Doesn't that kind of remind you of another period, maybe when you first started with my grandfather in the late 90s? Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the dot-com breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, you, nothing just starts in a vacuum, everybody. Things start to happen before the market, bear market comes. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like the same kind of thing. I don't know if we're nearly as stretched to the upside as back then. We're stressed the upside, but I don't know if, if the extent is there. Yeah, it depends on the metric you use and what you're looking at. You know, no no uh, market top looks the same, right? There are no. always similarities, but differences as well. Yeah, but but there has not been any kind of an exhaustive sell-off to tell us that the the correction or whatever you want to call it is over. Right? Yeah. It, that, there's not been nothing to tell us it's done. You know, it, there's more things to tell us it's got more to go. 
Yeah. There's, there's not been a spike in volume and fear. The VIX. People, people remain worried, right? They're in that nervous phase. They're not in some sort of capitulation. I got an email the other day. It literally from the web, our website just said, is this capitulation? I saw that. I saw. I'm, I'm thinking, what is he talking about? And, and I wanted to say, well, the fact that you're asking that means no, yeah. right? You'll know it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know it because it would be so gut-wrenching for you to be uh-huh. buying stocks. That's capitulation is when it's so hard for you to just muster the, the courage to buy stocks. That's when you know. It's capitulation. Yeah. And, you know, you still have some big, pretty big concerns hanging over the market. And that's, you know, over the Chinese trade, you know, uh, Fed's position on raising interest rates. You know they're going to raise them in December here. Well, are they going to raise them three more times next year? These are very, very large. And we were just talking about, what about the EU? Germany looks like it's falling into recession. Uh, France, they're, they're, they're with the strikes going on there. That, they're riding the streets. Yeah. I mean, uh, is the EU? How about Brexit? Brexit? They they had to postpone that vote. Uh, there's too much stuff going on that is kind of uncertain out there. Yeah, and uh, we talk about the liquidity situation, and I think that's why the buy the dip mentality is no longer uh, uh, in in force, right? Because uh, you have the Fed tightening policy, and the ECB has been tightening policy. They cut their QE in half at the beginning of the year, and they're going to cut it completely. Uh, starting the beginning of next year, just in what two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. Uh, so, so what are you doing about it? Have you already reacted? We talked about this on, at nauseum over the over the summer. You need to you know protect yourself against the coming correction and the market next year's or the year after's recession, and you start to migrate now. Are you guys doing that? Have you done it? Well, the thing is, most people don't realize is that corrections and just general drops in the market they happen a lot quicker than the market going up. Yeah, right? it's, they do takes the stairs up and the elevator down. And you saw that in October. I mean, yeah. October was one of the bloodiest months we've had in a long, long time. Yes. This is Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, I'm here with Justin Klein. And I invite you to check out our new online training experience the, called the Invest Talk Academy. I will be teaching a class this Thursday. Justin teaches it next Wednesday. He taught it last Wednesday. So, the next following Wednesday. So, you know, if you're interested in this, uh, I'm going to be talking about insurance, insurance, plain old foreign insurance, and also insurance as an investment. So, this would be a great class to tune into. And you get to, you get to listen to our previous classes if you sign up. And you go to investtalkacademy.com to do so. Now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. We're going to talk to Bill in Petaluma. wants to talk about General Electric. How you doing, Bill? Good, and good afternoon to you and uh, Justin. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask about uh, good old, quote, reliable General Electric. We've owned it since back when Jack Welsh was running it. And... It, it looks like that volume is just getting stronger and stronger and pushing it down more and more. I've, I figured eventually it would 
stop bleeding. But I'm in. This is in light of uh, what happened with Citigroup. Eventually, uh, just to stay on the market uh, uh, on on the exchange, uh, maybe they do a reverse stock split, and that gets real messy. Um, what What's your insights into the company, and for for those who have those of us who have been longtime holders? Well, there's two two things are going to happen. Two things. One of these two things is going to happen. Either they're going to go sure. bankrupt, Bill, or they're going to bounce, right, and survive. If they survive, it's going to take years and years for them to recover. So even if they survive, do you want to keep your money in a in a in a place where it's kind of dead? You know what I'm saying? It's because I there's, there's right. so many problems, yeah. so many problems they have. Yeah, either way, they're going to be a much much smaller company because they need to sell off assets in order to survive. And right now, their market cap's about sure. sixty billion dollars, and they cut their dividend pretty much into next to nil. So you're not really going to get a dividend to hold. You know, the forward dividend yield is 058 uh, percent. So yeah. I actually think they're going to go bankrupt and restructure. And you know there'll be new stock, and uh, you'll probably be get a better price uh, than you get today. Yeah, don't forget, GM <laughs> did that in two thousand eight. So yes, I, re I remember it, that. And, and so my my question too is, all this happens, and I, I remember that all the talking heads recently, you know, the last year or two, saying, "Oh yeah, well we know that Welsh was uh, kind of iffy on the accounting and all that sort of stuff." All this goes yeah. on, and no one's going to go to jail. That's just just like the housing crap yeah. that went on. Pardon my language. Exactly. That went on in no way. And I think Welch. And, yeah, yeah. He uh, was he was really engineering those earnings for years. You know, engineering. But no one was telling. No books. one was telling us that. None of the talking heads are the oh, analysts. Oh, but that's they're not. That's well. That's that's why you don't listen to the talking heads. That's why you don't listen. Watch the NBC. You don't watch those yeah. those those news that because they don't care about whether they're giving you the right information. They just care if you're watching, and they care uh, about you know the headlines, not what is real, which is understanding earnings and whether earnings are strong and sustainable or they're being manufactured through the accounting code and the tax code. So Yeah, we I remember on the radio with your grandfather yep. during the late nineteen nineties and we were talking about GE and how could they always consistently beat earnings estimate by a penny or two? Every quarter. Mm -hmm. And we both agreed it's engineering. Something he's doing, changing. He's doing something. That's yeah. the only way you can do it. And if you understand how accounting practices work, you just change some uh, depreciation, depreciation schedules. You sell off an asset, you know, to book some gains. Uh, so they bring forward sales for this quarter or push them back to next quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of ways within the accounting rules that you can uh, uh, apply the rules in certain ways to help your uh, your earnings for the. Yeah. Yeah. Next quarter. Well, I like it. Gee, he's got a. It's five star rated by uh, Morningstar. Four star. Four, four they, star. They think that they'll get they'll get through this uh, this issue. I don't think so. I think it has to do with GE Capital. I think GE Capital has been poorly run, uh, taking a lot of bad uh, debts, and they had that uh, insurance acquisition that's costing them yeah. what, fifteen oh, yeah. billion dollars or something. Yeah, uh, so it's just been With a poorly yeah, it's just been a poorly run company for many years, and it's now it's finally coming to roost. And I don't know. I mean, look at last CEO. Last CEO was there for a little over a year and couldn't fix the problems. And now you have a new one. I just think yeah. they're going to eventually go. Big problems. Yeah. Big problems, Bill. I, I'd move on. I, I would. It's better use of your money. 
Okay. Government shutdown. You heard about this? Did you see the the tete-a-tete between uh, the Republic? Uh, I heard Trump about something, and, but I didn't really. It was getting kind of steamy, and it was broadcast live. It was great. Oh, I'm sure it was great reality you know, TV. Yeah, it was great because you got real life opinions from the horse straight from the horse's mouth instead yeah. of filtered through something. Yeah, through the media or something. Yeah, so it was it was it was good TV. I'll mm-hmm. say that, mm-hmm. but it also was good to see how this works. Trump is going to. He said he'll take full. Responsibility for shutting down the government. It'll be on him. If he shuts down the government, it's his fault. And he's going to accept full responsibility for it. And he's going to do it. If That's what he says. If I don't get funding for my border wall. Yeah. So this is this is his negotiation tactic. I know it is. Know? I know it. I, I read his book. <laughs> it's very interesting. So, so he's, well, he, the Pelosi and crew, the Democrats are offered $1.5 billion for security, border security, but he, none of that's for the wall. And he wants $5 billion for the wall. You know, the wall's going to cost $25 billion. It's not, that, that, that's, a, that, yeah, that's a not going to cover it. Yeah. But it was interesting, and the question is, if he shuts down the government, will the our stock market react? By personal feeling, Justin, is this going to be kind of a whole hump thing? Yeah, because it's it usually only lasts for a week or two, yeah. uh, and then all of that money that was held off from you know for those week or two are spent again. So yeah. it doesn't really. It's happen. not like it really, really shuts down. Yeah. Tomorrow on Investock, former Federal Reserve Chairman Yellen is openly warning of another potential financial crisis. Her concerns are leveraged loans and unfinished regulations, and that story is going to be tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Pisa with Justin Klein, and we're ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get Y charts. Have you visited investtalkacademy.com? You should. It can help you learn to invest like a pro. 
because it features online classes that can teach you how to grow your investments independently. And you can learn more at investtalkacademy.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Ron in New York. How you doing, Ron? Hey, Steve. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. And thank you for the call. I appreciate it. No worries. I greatly appreciate everything that you and Justin do. Um, the the company I wanted to ask you uh, ask your insights about is Bright House Financial, ticker symbol BHS. Uh, so I first bought this company when it was in the low 50s. And then I kept buying more as it kept falling. Uh, it lo- looks like from an earnings perspective, they're going to make about you know mid $8 change for next year. Stocks right now sub 40 bucks. That puts it at a forward P of less than five, I think. Uh, and in the recent investor day, which was a couple of days ago, I think, uh, the CEO basically announced that they expect to do about 1.5 billion in total capital returns to investors going out for 2021. That puts it at about 30% of the entire market cap of the company. I still don't get it as to why this company keeps going down every day. What am I missing? What's your thought process on, on this company? Okay, you might want to step back a little bit from this particular company and look at a broader picture. This, by the way, everybody's Bright House Financial provides permanent and term life insurance and annuity solutions in the United States. And there's a hint as to why it's probably having problems right there. Justin, do you want to? Well, the the reason is because the industry is under assault uh, from the fiduciary rule. You understand what the fiduciary rule is? Ron, are you familiar with that? So anyways. Well, okay. So Ron looks like he's gone. But the fiduciary rule is a ruling uh, that is still in progress by the SEC and uh, a lot of regulatory bodies basically to make all financial advisors fiduciaries. Like Steve and I are fiduciaries. And if you're a registered investment advisor, you're a fiduciary to clients, which means that uh, you have to put your client's interest ahead of your own, as opposed to a broker, which are usually the ones that are selling annuities and uh, life insurance policies and things like that, uh, and collecting a commission. And that creates a lot of conflict of interest. And you know that because you were in the the insurance industry for a long time. Did you ever sell insurance? No, I never sold it. But you worked in the back end of the insurance companies. Exactly. Yeah, I worked in the financial claims department of financial end. So what do they do? This company sells annuities. Any company that sells annuities, and that's a big income driver for most insurance companies, they're going to have a harder time selling their main product. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's probably one of the overhangs that's happening here. Exactly. And then you also have to look at if they have a, a, an investment side on the back end, uh, how much risk are they taking, right? Because that's how insurance companies make money. They collect premiums. They invest it, right? You yep. did that for insurance companies. Yep. You invested for insurance companies. Correct. They make a profit on that uh, and they have some sort of reserves for uh, claims. But if their in- underlying investments are going bad, like the overall market, then suddenly the, the company can get into big trouble as well. So I think it's number one, the fiduciary rule. Number two is maybe their uh, underlying investments are doing poorly. It's possible. Just for you to know, most insurance companies are very, very conservative with their investments because yeah. they have to be. Yeah. 
That's you know, that means they buy treasuries and things like that. And, of yep. course, those values are going down, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, I, I wouldn't own it just because I don't like the what's happening. in the, I, I like it. We like it because I think every advisor should be a fiduciary. But yeah. for these companies, yeah. I would not like what uh, is happening. Yeah, for our business, we like it. Our business model fits this perfect. We yeah. always put our clients first. Yeah. Okay, the stock market is overreacting because of fears about the economy. Is that really overblown or not? Are there are this is the stock market fear about the economy overblown? And so uh, that is really a debatable question, and it's always the timing of this, okay? But there's there is a there is a, a growing feeling that a recession is not that far off. Some people say 2019. Some people think I think it might be a little later in 2020. If there is no recession in 2019, there is going to be a slowdown in GDP. Yeah. And we're yeah. already seeing that. We talked about it before. Yeah. You know, we're at about 2.4. This this quarter will probably come about two and a half, right, in the fourth quarter, uh-huh. yeah. probably roughly. Yeah. That would be the slowest GDP growth for the entire year. Yep. Okay. So, obviously, the economy is slowing, and we no longer have the tailwinds of a, a tax cut, uh, and we have tighter uh monetary policy globally, not just here in the United States, and higher interest rates, which is affecting the housing market. We've seen that as well. So the big question I think is, what about what? What is the liquidity situation going to look like through the end of 2019? Is the ECB going to raise rates? And we know they're going to end QE start of the year. That's Are they going to raise saying. rates at all next year? How many times is the Fed going to raise rates? Are they going to continue with QT, meaning uh, rolling off of their balance sheet? And just so you know, the ECB, European Central Bank, I mean the EU, yep. European Union, they look like they're going to fall into recession. Because G- G- Germany, which represents 20, 25% of the whole EU, had a negative quarter. Just the most recent quarter was negative growth. Shrunk. Yep. It's yep. shrunk, in other words. Well, uh, there, if you have two quarters in a row, that's a recession. Mm-hmm. So the East, the EU could be in recession, yet the ECB is going to stop QE, which helps prevent recessions or yeah. try to, and they're going to raise interest rates, which will reduce liquidity in a system that needs more liquidity. Yeah, I would put good money that the ECB does not raise rates next year. Yeah, I, I guess they're going to QE probably, but I can't imagine them raising yeah, rates at all. I can't either. I can't either. So you know. What and try to remember that whenever the recession comes to the United States, because we are going to have it, it's just when the stock market will react way before you see it. Okay, yeah. so the stock market will react. And now the question is: Are we seeing the first beginnings of that reaction now? I, I think what's happening in the market right now. You've seen the choppiness, right? We were kind of in a trading yeah. range over the past month or so. Right. I think the market's trying to decide, and it's kind of waiting on the ECB and the Fed. So the ECB meets on Thursday, the Fed meets next week, and how they project their uh, their monetary policy through 2019, I think that will uh, the market will start to make up its mind where it wants to go post those meetings. You know, there's a lot of shorts, a lot of positions of shorting the market, and then there could possibly be a, be a short squeeze. That's true, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, and for anybody that doesn't know short, what a short squeeze is, is, you can look it up in Investopedia. Mm-hmm. A short squeeze. And that's one of the reasons why some of the best rallies in the market 
come in bear markets because there's a lot of you know the market sells off real hard shorts jump in they don't really know what they're doing you get to support and suddenly the market starts to bounce and then the shorts get ran out they start to got to buy they got to buy back yeah they got to buy back and that pushes the market up exactly and not necessarily long term either so don't yeah (laughs) let's go to Alex in San Jose how you doing Alex good Thanks for taking my call, Steve and Justin. Um, I have two questions. Hopefully, that you can have uh, time to answer them both. First question is: uh, I'm looking to sell NatApp. That's N T A P. Uh, what's a good price to uh, get out? And then the second question is: uh, When's a good time to uh, get into oil? Well, it looks like it's broken down. Again, to me, uh, NetApp and NTAP, everybody, it's mm-hmm. a manufacturer's integrated networks, storage data management, hardwire for hardware. Yeah. Hardware. I could barely read that. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the tech space, data storage, basically. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's done well because of cloud computing. Cloud computing right. is a, has kind of taken over the world, but uh, this That's is still, done, this is still, exactly, it's still going to grow. Uh, but it's growing less, right? Uh, this year, earnings are supposed to grow 27%. Next year, earnings are only supposed to grow 11%. And I would I would get out. Yeah. Well, he is. He just says, where, where do you think it'll bounce to if it bounces? And I don't see it getting much above $70 a share. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you could see a bounce near term because, you know, the market's kind of oversold. And uh, it looks like we could get Sell some, you know, could get the year-end rally which probably won't be that much of a rally but it'll be something and uh that's that's i wouldn't if this gets to 68 i would definitely be taking it off the table yeah i'd sell it alex uh, myself any bounce i'd sell it alex sorry can't get to the next question we got another caller sorry call tomorrow we'll take it let's go to will in san diego how you doing will oh pretty good Stephen justin i'm uh, looking at omega healthcare and it's been in an uptrend since may and I'm wondering if it's now a good time to get out. See, now, I like your thinking, Will. I, instead of waiting for something to roll over and go down, you're thinking, well, maybe this has run up too much, and we got to take a look at it. Omega Healthcare, everybody, it's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, that invests in healthcare facilities, primary long-term care facilities across the U.S., and I frankly like that sector yeah we actually used to own this stock for some clients uh earlier this year late last year uh we sold it sometime this year i'm trying to remember exactly yeah, when only too early too early <laughs> uh, but you know we made a nice profit on it and it does yield about seven percent at these levels back i think when we bought it, it was yielding like ten percent dividend yield yeah dividend yield uh and th- this is an area of the marketplace the reits that are have been done doing well you know consumer staples Utilities and REITs have been the three strongest sectors for a while now in the market. And the big question is, how long is that going to continue? Yeah, I, I think, I think Will, it's smart to maybe take half your position off the table here. Just yeah. take it. Because okay. um, we sold it because we thought it was expensive. Yeah. yeah. And so it's even more expensive now. So. And if it breaks down, in my opinion, if it breaks down below... 36? Yeah, I was just going to say about 36... Uh, and it's at 37.06, I'd sell the rest. That's what I would do if I were you, Will. Okay? Okay, yeah, that sounds reasonable. That's the way I'm kind of leaning. Okay, appreciate the call. OHI is the symbol, Omega Health Insurance. Great company. We're not, trying to remember, we're not bad-mouthing this company. We're not saying, oh, it's got bad, oh, look at that. No, we just think it's getting on the expensive side. Okay, let's go to Tahel. Tahel? 
Taho? And Palo yeah. Alto. How you Come doing, Taho? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, thank doing? you so much, guys, for your show. I appreciate it. Just a thank fun you. comment. I actually uh, own uh, OHI and uh, <laughs> I sold half of my shares and bought it. Oh. Uh, what is it? SNH? Yeah, or SLA? Yeah. SNH. Yeah, and the things like that. Anyway, my question is about uh, Tesla. Um, and uh, I'm shorting it. And it keeps going up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so are we. I'm uh, a little bit nervous on we should, uh, where it's going to go. how we're sharing the pain. We're short in one of our stock accounts as well. Well, we're only, we started at 360. It's at 366. It's not that much of a difference. Yeah, we're not getting killed. Yeah. And didn't we sell half or take buy back half? or? Uh, yeah, we did a little bit. Uh, a little bit lower. But anyway, uh, you know, I wouldn't be too nervous. Uh, the bonds continue to sell off, uh, you know. Why it stays up here after the the Elon actually basically put a middle finger up to the SEC over the weekend uh, uh, is beyond me. It's a pretty dumbfounding stock. Uh, why it remains up in light of just uh, you know a business that uh, continues to burn capital. I know they quote unquote had a profitable quarter, uh, but it was a very financially engineered, very similar to how GE did, did yeah. theirs. They say they're gonna lose a dollar fifty two this year, but then make six dollars and fifty four cents next year. Let's mm -hmm. say they do that. Does that mean the stock is worth three hundred and sixty six dollars a share? Well let's even I, if they did it. I'm not talking about three hundred sixty dollars. I'm talking about sixty three billion dollars. What's GM worth? What's Ford worth? I mean yeah, I it, it's it's really a joke. So um I would not be too worried about your short. Yeah, if you're really nervous about it, the high it made in August, which yeah. was what three eighty, three ninety, on the uh, four twenty, taking Tesla private rumor. Yeah, yeah. That was... If it breaks above that, maybe you could say, okay, I've had enough pain. Yeah, but I, but I... nothing about the company tells me that this they, they're out of their problems or they're suddenly going to be making a ton of money or Elon is is making smart decisions with the business. Nothing, nothing, the fundamental picture backdrop has not changed one bit. Well, Elon's no longer running the operations of the company. Well, he's supposed to, well, you no, know, he is, he's a CEO, but he's supposed to be the chairman. You know, they, they asked him a question. Uh, Steve didn't watch the interview, but I did. Uh, they asked him, you know, is Robin Denholm, which is, I think, the, the, the new, new chairman, yeah. is she going to rein you in? And he said, no. He said, I'm going to do whatever I want. Basically, <laughs> See, it still doesn't realize it's a public company. It's not a private. He doesn't company. realize. He doesn't understand what being a public company no, is. You know what it means to be a public company. Yeah, he, he just thinks that he can do whatever he wants because he's the largest shareholder, which he still is. Yeah, but uh, he's not the only owner, and he's not the he's not a majority shareholder. No. You know, he's just the largest shareholder. Yeah. So, so I, call, I wouldn't Will. be too worried, Paul. Thank you for the call, Will. We appreciate it. Okay, what stresses everybody out? What three things? In order, stresses everybody out the most. This was a Northwest Mutual survey. Justin, you got an answer? What What's number one? Three things. Public speaking? No. Not really? even on, Not even one of the three. Uh, money. Usually there money. you go. Usually, money is yeah. the number one, which is logical, right? Mm -hmm. And then number two is personal relationships. Well, yeah. I mean, your, your spouse, friends. And then number three is work, which all makes sense. Yeah. Most people are pretty stressful about those things. Yeah. And it's what the the article went on to say. Well, how much is this? What kind? What is it? What what stress causes in your health? What are the? What are the? What is it doing to you? First, it starts off with leading to depression, migraine headaches, then ulcers, then eventually a heart attack. 
if you don't do something about your stress levels, these are these are the path that you go down. Which I thought was interesting. I never saw a path before. You know, depression first, and yeah. then headaches, and then migraines. Not just say ulcers. Uh, you really? And then heart attack. I guess the I didn't, I didn't, death I didn't would know, be next. I didn't yeah. know it was a, a progression. I, I didn't either. I'm going to ask uh, my girlfriend's a doctor, so I can yeah. ask her how that works. But it was interesting. She was telling me um, heart attacks. If you're under 40 of a heart attack, it's extremely rare. Extremely rare. The only thing that causes heart attacks when you're under 40, typically, unless you have a heart condition. You have a heart condition. But drugs. Oh, really? Cocaine, overdose, things like that. That's good to know. I'm I'm over 40, so I don't fit that. Don't have a heart attack. Yeah. This is Invest Talk. I'm C. Peasley with Justin Klein. And you can call us right now. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, former Federal Reserve Chair Yellen is openly warning of another potential financial crisis. Her concerns are leveraged loans and unfinished regulation. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Justin. My name's Nicholas. I'm in San Diego. I'd like to know about the stock ticker symbol CMP. Compass Minerals. Want to know if it's a good place to buy it? Thank you. Eight, eight, well, okay. Compass is simple as CMP. Uh, Compass Minerals, and they've been having a hard time. A huge drop there in uh, beginning uh, or end of October. Yeah, their profits. Two days. Their profits are now forty three percent year over year. So that was really a big issue. What they do is they produce salts for highway de-icing, water conditioning, food preparation, agriculture, and industrial apps. So. They're, uh, they're a chemical company, pretty uh, niche, uh, but about a billion and a half dollar market cap. Yields about 6.2%. And the big question is the pain over. Yeah, I, it's got a lot of debt. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't, you know why, there are such better else looking stocks. And I don't see why you want that. You need to be more defensive in nature. This is totally not defensive. And we mentioned the areas that are more defensive, utilities, uh, consumer staples. You know, there's more areas that are more defensive in nature, and that's where you should be. I wouldn't be a buyer of this stock. It looks too weak to me, and I'm I just not comfortable with it. I don't – their debt level is huge, and that really makes me nervous. Yeah. So, I mean, they have a good, steady, long-term business, but, um, you know, I – I don't love it at these levels. I think it needs to go uh, lower uh, before you find good value in it. Uh, CMP, Cupress Minerals, everybody. Now, what is too much, since we're in the holiday season, and everybody's buying everybody else gifts, when is it too much gift spending by grandparents on their grandkids? How much? It's never too much. Never too much, you know, and that's what the grandparents feel. They feel that they can't do anything wrong. And this is the problem. There's a balance there, a delicate balance between the parents trying to set boundaries and grandparents paying no attention to the boundaries. By the way, uncles do that too. Just yeah, because you're an uncle. Yeah, that's right. Yes. But, and I don't really care about those parents. So I can totally understand the grandparents. Yeah, you position. take them out to the movies and buy them all the candy and popcorn and sodas they want, don't you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I do. Whatever they want. Yeah. 
make them sick. So the, so the question is, AARP, you know who they are, right? Yeah. And for retirement the people. American Association of Retired People. Yep. I, get, I got an ARP uh, mailing when I turned 30. Oh, did you? Yes. Already, they're <laughs> soliciting They're <your>. soliciting me. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, the number one thing they do is a buy presents. Number two is vacations. Number three, the spending by the grandparents is schooling. So they, they, they of the $28 billion spent on toys last year, $7 billion of it was by grandparents. $7 billion. I wonder how they figured that out. I wonder where that came from. Mm, I wonder if credit card companies, they have that data, you know, in aggregate, maybe not specifically. That's true. If they but, know your age, they know where you spent money. So the point is, everybody, if you're spending money on uh, – your grandkids, you might want to have some care what your your kids are saying about their children. Because try to put yourself in their position because that's where you were. And probably some of the problem here, Justin, is we have a much wealthier economy, a much wealthier class of grandparents than in history. In history. And we, they don't have a ton of grandkids. No. Because uh, the birth no. rate of... The yeah. younger generation is two. falling. Yeah. Right? Is it two? Maybe two. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So so there's more money on less kids? More yeah. money to spend on less grandkids to spend it on. And there's a, baby boomers, there's a lot of grandparents out That's there. That's right. Right? So I don't know if this problem is going to get solved. I don't know if it is really a problem, to be honest. I, I don't know. Well, I think it's all about how you uh, raise the kids and make sure they're not spoiled. Yeah. Which is hard. It's hard if you have... If you spoil them too much, they become spoiled Yeah, by nature. I don't know if anybody saw the very end of the market today. The Dow was actually down 53. The NASDAQ was up 11. And the S&P was down 1. But that doesn't tell the story of what happened today. Yeah, we started up, sold off hard, rallied late in the day, and then kind of ended with a whimper. Isn't that kind of the story it's been for a while? Yeah. It's going to continue. Expect yeah. more volatility, just or just as much volatility. Yeah, I think the market needs to make up its mind. It's still not sure which way it wants to exactly. go. Exactly. I'm Steve Pisa with Justin Klein. This completes another Talk program, and we thank you for joining us, and thank you for your loyal support and all those questions. Have a nice evening, everybody, and we'll be back, or I'll be back tomorrow. So good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.